0: What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to What Makes This Town Go Round. My name's Elisa Cicino, and we are talking about this city called Augusta, Georgia, and the little quirks about it, the food, the drinks, the entertainment, the music, what really does make this town go round. Happy New Year 2016. We made it. Thanks for tuning in to the fifth podcast of What Makes This Town Go Round. My name is Elisa Cicino. I have some great food, a wonderful guest, and some tunes for your ears. Have you been to Whiskey Bar Kitchen lately? They have the wonderful variety of whiskeys as they lead up to their name, and their burgers are mouth-watering. The American-Japanese-inspired food is fantastic, from the katsu curry to the lava shrimp tacos. They are located on Broad Street right next to Metro Coffee House. And I tell you what, those Morrison brothers, they're killing it. Today's guest has been playing music in the Augusta area for 15 years and counting. Currently working on two known records and preparing to take the stage this weekend with Ed Turner and the Number 9 band along with the Augusta Symphony. This guy has seen the drugs, the sex, and the rock and roll. (laughs) Y'all introduce Michael Bay to me. Hey, Hello. how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you today? It's nice to see you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's my honor. Thank you.
0: You're very welcome. So you have started off at a pretty young age, and being on stage performing and blowing people away with your talent at such a young age,
1: well, do you. you think that it made it easier for you to break in? The uh, I was thinking about that actually the other day as far as... Um, the open open armedness that people presented to me whenever I first started playing out, and how much that uh how much that meant to me as far as tough kind of being the new kid on the block kind of thing, and wanting to be a part of the scene that is happening in Augusta, you know, so folks like John Colbeck and Patrick Blanchard and Steve mitchell, Andy Farley, Cliff Bennett, you know just really accepting me as a peer almost off the bat you know is i guess i kind of slipped in as one of the the young guns or whatever so to speak whenever i was joining the ranks of the music that was happening around town in the early 2000s like 2001
0: and how old were you then
1: um i was probably just turning 22. okay whenever i uh i started playing out and so getting started you were with Black
0: Eyed Susan and Sabo there was a band, and It the Sorcer- was a band
1: before that, uh Our Dog Our Dog Farley was okay. the first group that I played with. And that was a a large conglomerate, like eight people in it, and you know, had a couple of horns and lead singers, different singers. And that group was my first incarnation of playing out. And then uh just kinda like a a musical thing Like I said There were so many people In the group And this part of the group Wanted to go this direction Another part of the group Wanted to go another direction So that broke off Into Black Eyed Susan Gotcha
0: And so At that point You were kind of just In the background
1: At With the All Dog Farley thing You know I, I was just Kind of The first time Playing out in front of people And then you know That That rush That is definitely there As far as Making music With a group of people in front of people and the, uh, the amount of energy that that creates. So I was just kind of green and Mm -hmm. very first time of it happening. So the, uh, the hook was set in me pretty deep right from there. And I was definitely just kind of like a guy in the background that played guitar, but I would be given certain moments in the set to kind of do my thing or whatever you know
0: so when you got into the industry you were sober
1: correct i was, I was.
0: so in a industry supported by drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. being sober and being surrounded by people that were not had to have led to some sort of obstacles for you
1: yeah i mean there was zillions of you know we play or whatnot and then somebody would come over and just say how much they enjoyed the the music and the guitar playing and be like let me buy you a shot or let me buy you a beer. And I'll just be like, I mean, I appreciate the kind of words I don't drink. I'll, I'll sit and have a Coke with you and we can. And that was just by choice. Yeah. And that was literally, you know, just, um, I didn't participate in that at that point of time, you know, I was a young guy and I wanted to be clear minded, clear headed of everything all the things surrounding me, you know, so I wanted to be able to take it all in.
0: So as your success went on, you became a more popular bands in the area, such as the Edison Project and mm. Sibling String. Mm. And from there, you know, it seemed like your life kind of took a turn.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, um, the progression kind of went, you know, from Our Dog Farley to Black Eyed Susan. and I did play with Jason Sabo and Sabo and the Scorchers Okay. for a very long time. That was where I really kind of got a lot of road warrior kind of things so the on, touring and you know, the women all that started coming more and more that was that did uh did take d- did take place and um there it was on the table for you to kind of choose from but by the time I was asked to play with the Edison project, you know that was a great honor to be asked to be with those guys because I just every time that I had the chance to go see them just how amazing they were and then being asked to join in that group was definitely a uh a very 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 amazing experience you know those guys just as much as um an all for one one for all kind of vibe that I've really encountered in a band at all you know that was really really important time in my life as far as really kind of seeing that side of what it takes to put into your music to to get your emotion across to your audience
0: but at that time you also started welcoming uh i guess maybe the demon of alcohol in Mm -hmm. your career
1: right yeah so being definitely was floating a battleship around at that point yeah
0: so you had welcomed it you had started accepting the shots from the fans and
1: yeah it uh it's hard to say no forever
0: so being exposed to the drinking, the women, the hype of the success, can you tell me more about how it went about? Um, tell me about it.
1: Well, the uh, the starting, you know, I mean, of course, I mean, I don't want to give the old cliche, blame it on a woman, but you know, I mean, it that, can that's be whatever kinda, you want it to be. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of where um, the pain kind of came from and so there was a heartbreak yeah you got the heartbreak part of it and uh and you try to escape from it or whatever like that and then then you got yourself into something and then that leads you into something else you know was there many heartbreaks or was it just one just one main one and she knows who i'm who she's
0: (laughs) i hope you're listening
1: (laughs) (laughs) she may very well Uh, but that just did kind of open the floodgates to so many things that i was trying to push down inside and keep a lid on it, so to speak. And then it, it did all just kind of come out.
0: So as it continued to go, I mean, y'all had success for a while.
1: Y'all were touring. Um, With Edison, they, I had kind of come in on the last two years or so of their existence and they had already gone up to New York and back and gone to South by Southwest and back and did the rock boat and stuff like that. You know, so they, had already kind of really did a lot of their stuff. I mean, we did some gigs in Atlanta, some gigs in Charleston, some really nice rooms, uh, Smith's old bar and music farm and stuff like that. Those were great experiences playing with those guys in that band in those rooms, you know, that kind of thing. But they had done a majority of their stuff. They had already recorded their record with Don Dixon up in uh, Nashville. And, and I just like, kind of like said, got invited to be into the group after they had really done a lot of those things. And, I kind of came in as the, the older seasoned guy that kind of was like, all right, well, let's try this direction or let's try this direction, you know, kind of hone it all in together, get the sound even more concentrated than it was before. I gotcha.
0: And where does sibling string fit into all of this?
1: After after the Edison project, and, um, you yeah, know, I mean, I, we all lived together in, in one house, in this amazing house. Oh, that, I'm sure you had some stories then. The Casbah, that was, um, definitely a the a casbah of, that's what it was called that's what it was called the cas you know, and
0: was, what, tell me the name first what's behind the name
1: um yeah i guess it just comes from the uh the um london calling you know um rock the casbah you know but mm-hmm. like uh, that just kind of where it was from but it was it was very as much as a southern hate asbury kind of thing that you could have you know just really uh bohemian and everybody it was just the party that continued day and night day and night but um after that situation you know that's whenever uh sibling string happened it almost you know jacob belts dear friend of mine love that man and um he was doing a, a weekly gig at joe's underground every wednesday and just playing by himself and um I came down to watch him on a Wednesday and then came down to watch him the next Wednesday. And then I was just like, let me just grab my guitar and play with you. And he's like, yeah, please do. So (laughs) me and him started playing together. And then Henry Wynn would come down with his fiddle and the three of us would play together. And then it just kind of became this thing. You know, I mean, it was Whiskey Wednesday. They had... You know, Dollar Whiskey Shots down there at Joe's, the good old days.
0: That could be dangerous.
1: That can be very, very dangerous. Was <laughs> well, it
0: dangerous for you?
1: Yeah, highly. But uh Slippery slip? The thing, yeah, very slippery. The thing that really stuck out, though, was still just the music about it, you know, as far as what we were doing. And then as it went from the three-piece and then Dave Mercer joined us with the drums and Devon Roof joined us with the upright bass. So it just kind of rounded out an actual... If you want to use the word Augusta Supergroup, you know, as far as like all these guys that were already highly talented and already been playing with several bands all coming together as one. And then we were at Metro one day and then Jacob was like, I got the name. <laughs> and he hit He's like sibling string and we were all like, that's it. That's perfect. You know, we're all just brothers in the nature of what the strings mean to us, you know, so. That's it beautiful. Kinda, it was very. Very poetic moment, and of course, we had a a shot and a beer in celebration of that. Of course, of course. And the continuancy of it just, you know, every Wednesday, and we would just dive deep into those bottles of whiskey really, really, really heavy. And I mean, like I said, the continuancy of the music being the important thing, but I believe a part of the show itself that got people coming was to see how drunk we could get and still perform a show
0: and they fed off of
1: that and they fed off of it and they loved it we loved it they loved it it was it was a very 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 good uh it was a camaraderie good camaraderie with everybody that was in the room you know i mean there'd be 90 people packed into joe's underground on a wednesday night you know that's that's a lot of folks for that's a lot of folks into into joe's you know (laughs) as we know the dimensions of those rooms
0: not very big
2: yeah
1: but it was A lot of fun, a lot of fun with those guys, put a lot of miles in, you know, do some, uh, some fighting, some hating, some drinking, some loving, some women, you know, it was just, it was very, very serious experience.
0: And how long were y'all hitting it hard like that? How many Um, years?
1: I want to say. Or was it years? It was pushing right at about three years. And uh, Jacob, he's in medical school, as you know, down Mm -hmm. in Savannah, and that's kind of Put us on a hiatus, so to speak. You know, we do get to play gigs together. We just did New Year's Eve at Stillwater Tap Room, which has kind of become a uh, every year thing, which we highly enjoy. And so, everyone loves. Oh, it's it's great. You know, I think that aspect of it becoming so little of the times that we get to play together now, it kind of brings everybody out more because they don't get to see it as often. But we do the one gig for New Year's Eve, and then we try to do a gig during the summer gig or two or summer, summertime whenever Jacob's off from his, uh, med school routine. So
0: besides the fact that Jacob went off or Jacob Veltz went off to school, um, there had to been a turning point for you, um, as you decided that there would be one point of putting down the bottle.
1: Yeah. The, um, the overwhelming feeling of a everyday hangover from those experiences of uh drinking till you couldn't drink anymore had definitely taken its toll on me and you know it was towards the end of being with the group you know and um still playing I mean I have not stopped playing since I quit drinking you know so it's just that aspect of being in it near it around it and everybody participating in it but um the need in me to stop you know just. well let's go back just a little bit so you put down the
0: bottle after figuring that there was enough is enough was there a turning point I mean the turning point of factors like was there missed opportunities because maybe you were drinking so much was there a realization of um, why enough was enough
1: not necessarily I mean probably in my own mind I thought the playing was still just as good, but Mm -hmm. to the listener, I'm sure they were like, (laughs) what is this guy doing? You know, that kind of thing. But, um, nothing necessarily happened or whatnot. I mean, it was more of the thought of waking up and just being like, there's got to be more to life than this, than feeling this. I mean, I can't even explain what the hangovers felt like, you know, I mean, we've all been hungover, but like, Take that, and literally times a thousand, you know it was just it was a feeling that I was just like I don't want to feel like this anymore, and the reason that I was feeling like that was because of the level in which I was drinking, and you know we we're talking earlier <clears throat> about um earlier in my musical life that I wasn't drinking at all, you know, and it definitely was a a serious factor into the nature of one of my biggest. Musical influences, Stevie Ray Vaughan, passing away at such an early age, and the thought, the inspiration in me of being, since he's not here, I can do it for him, kind of thing, too. You know. Well, that's poetic. That definitely did play into my mindset of him passing away at the age of thirty-five, and I was. I mean, he had he had cleaned himself up. You know. I mean, what he didn't pass away of. Anything to do with drugs or alcohol is a horrible accident. But just the thought of I'm here, I can do it for him. And then the mindset of how awful I felt and how much I didn't want to feel like that anymore really kind of fueled the fire to the opposite direction of how much I did party hard. Mm -hmm. I can sober hard just as easily as well.
0: So, Michael, you have been in some great bands, and you have put down the bottle. You're 37 years now, right? 37. 37
1: years old right now. And how long have you
0: been sober?
1: Today is January... 6th. Today's the 6th, so January 15th, I'll be three and a half years sober.
0: Three and a half years. And being sober and still, I mean, like you said, continuously being in the bars day after day, playing music, Mm -hmm. touring, what is it like now?
1: Um, my eyes are definitely open to a lot of things that maybe you didn't, didn't notice or whatever like that, you know, just being sober and seeing, I'm very, very, uh, open of my eyes to being aware of things that are going on around me and always my environment and everything. I'm very keyed into that, but, um, you know, just seeing i am I've one of the things I've kind of over the years, I feel like I've developed the, uh, the prowess of being able to read a crowd really well, you know, as far as like, let's play this song right now, because the crowd is like really (laughs) teetering on going this direction or that way, you know? So I feel like if we hit them with this, we're really going to get them to that next level of ultimately, you know, everybody just feeling that, that circle of we're giving energy, you're giving energy back to us, you know, while we're on stage. So I've really kind of developed a good, eye for reading the crowd on what song selection would be the next uh way to go and um that's a that's a very important thing
0: yeah but with you being sober and your bandmates not always being sober Mm. um do you notice different things i mean can you pick up on where maybe they're slacking because of the alcohol or Um, does that
1: happen yeah that definitely uh it's almost like the gong show, like, get the hooks. and <laughs>
2: you know.
1: There have been moments like that. I mean, but, I mean, ultimately, I, I might give them a look. Give them the... The old death stare. Give them the look. <laughs> like, clean your up. Maybe even in between songs, I have to say something, you know. But, I mean, I have been there myself. Yes. You know? So there's so, no
0: judgment, but you still have to remain right, responsible. Right. I
1: mean, my friends are my friends, and they'll be the friends... Until I'm not breathing anymore, I'm never gonna have any kind of passing judgment of against somebody of anything like that. You know, well,
0: there's no room for judgment ever. Not
1: so. at all. You know, so I mean, my my level of concern will be there for yeah. a friend, but um, there will be moments, you know, as far as like, hey, you gotta tighten that up or whatever like that. You know, man, it's just it's what it is. What it is. I mean, whenever you got three, four, five, six guys on stage trying to do one thing at one time, you know, it's kind of that that is a difficult thing. That's what rehearsal is.
0: That is what rehearsal is. So you've been in Augusta for your whole life.
1: I have. Um, I grew up in North Augusta, South Carolina, right over the bridge. There had a great childhood and experience and growing up. And that that town is is cool going back and over there now and like seeing how much it's grown and it's beautiful. Some over things there. that they had that they have now that obviously weren't there whenever I was growing up and stuff. But I'm very proud of my hometown over there and um, live over here downtown augusta now on green street and love downtown you know it's just really inching along i guess is the way to put it you know as far as there's definitely some things going and some things that are happening now and just step by step getting even better over here but grew up over there live over here and couldn't be happier than our little community that we have
0: it is a great one. Mm-hmm. You've had lots of opportunities. I mean, touring bands, like you said, um, big bands. And you've also did stuff with the Kenny George Band who tours. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had opportunities to go elsewhere. Um, Why have you stayed in Augusta? I mean, you have the talent to go wherever you want. Well, what is your reasoning for staying
1: here? At this point now, I mean, I I'd never... I'm not going to close the book on anything and say never say never, but um, as I do get a little bit older, uh, I was with the Kenny George band for right around two years and love those guys. They are amazing, talented musicians and very dedicated. You know, and the the amount of their touring schedule did definitely take its toll on me. You know, um, I was 35, 36 years old. You know, and uh. If I was maybe 10 years older, I'd be like, hey, let's jump in the van and go out to...
0: <laughs> 10 years older, not 10, ten years ten younger? 10 years younger, I mean,
1: excuse okay. me. If I was 10 years younger, yeah, let's go out to California and back, you know, but like the ultimate leanness of go, 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 town, town, town really uh, kind of was wearing me out at my age, you know? And I mean, even there's a couple of guys in the band that are even older than me. And that's what I was going to say. So you weren't the oldest one. I wasn't, in, I wasn't, I'm not the oldest one in that group, but... I don't know. I guess it was just a combination of the go and just wearing me out. As far as the amount that they they've even continued further on mm-hmm. since they have since my um departure with the group and they're I think they're going out South by Southwest. I think wow. is where
0: congratulations
1: is where they're heading out.
0: But even before then, I mean, when you were younger, there was no opportunities that ever like maybe you th- crossed your mind where you're like, "Oh, maybe I could do this
1: well, um, the thought of just kind of picking up and leaving and you know going to somewhere like Nashville or going somewhere like Austin and just that that's a that's a real gutsy move and I, uh, yeah i uh I guess I'm not the most confident person in the world, you know. I mean, you are on stage. Well, that's that's different. Yeah, you know? I can where, see that. That's where the uh, the instrument does your talking, but like going to somewhere new that nobody knows who you are or anything. It's, it's a scary thing, and then take that on top of going there to. I'm I'm here to make music, my job, in a place that I don't know. You know, don't know anybody. I, that's even more of a scary situation. And I, I take my hat off to people that are, that are able to do that and have done that and dedicated themselves fully to, so I guess I have just been a little too scared to go and see what would happen elsewhere. You know,
0: making Augusta, your safe spot is what you're saying. It's your safe place.
1: It is, it is home. And I do feel very comfortable and safe here. You know, um, I guess, uh, just didn't have the balls enough to go out and just say, here I am, world, see yeah. what happens.
0: You're saying, here I am, Augusta. Yeah. <laughs> so keeping up with the new competition, the Young Bucks that are coming up, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately keeping up with what Augusta wants to hear, mm-hmm. um, how is that for you?
1: Um, I, Like I was saying, you know, I kind of feel like I have a, a thumb on a pulse of this happening around the town and everything like that. And... You know, we're over there at Metro Coffee House a lot, which has kind of become the office.
0: The office.
1: You know. Some people cup of
0: Joe and a Coke.
1: Yeah. People see me over there whatnot and they're like, What are you doing? You just sit around here, you don't have a job or anything? And I'm just like, I'm working right now. You know, it might not look like it, but I'm meeting three people in two in twenty minutes and you know, we're talking about a gig that's coming up, whatever. It is literally a very comfortable office.
0: Well, I can agree that sitting in your atypical office is not nearly as fun as making the world your office. Yeah.
1: That is true. That is true. The uh, the office somewhere in Austin probably would be cool <laughs> too. You know, or maybe even Seattle or something. Well, but that would be nice. Again, that goes along with those lines of me being a little uh, too scared to take that step. Well, where are you
0: now? Who are you playing with? Um, you always have a variety of people but tell us
1: well, um right now we got uh philip lee and myself are uh playing the lights out you know all over the place um that's the main thing that i'm doing right now a lot of energy a lot of uh dedication going to that because y'all have some oh y'all have a big
0: announcement or not even an announcement but y'all have an album coming out this mm-hmm. year 2016
1: yes yes we uh I've been working on that. We've um, we've got three songs completed and three songs to go, and should be out very soon. We're very excited about the sounds that we're getting on it. It's very. Do you th- have a date? Um, on a date, I'm not sure. Uh, we don't have anything squared away exactly, but I'm sure. I'm hoping spring would be, would definitely be the thing. Uh, the other gentlemen that we're working with on the record have wives and full-time jobs and children and stuff mm-hmm. like that so everybody getting into the into the studio on a time frame is kind of it's, it's it is an issue that you have to deal with work around everybody to to be able to get done what we're doing but um this, the three songs that we have done already we are very proud and very happy with the uh the sound that those those have and like I was saying the diversity of each song along on the record has something for everyone
0: and who else are you playing with this week and you have a big
1: show yes saturday um we're playing at the bell auditorium which is such an honor who is we um ed turner and number nine which crowd pleaser always that crowd that crowd is definitely going to get pleased that is for sure that group of musicians is just crazy you know like the the amount of time that ed has been doing it i think it's going 10 years at least and um the guys that have played in that group you know it's just literally a who's who of the csra music scene and to be a part of that right now is definitely a great honor and enjoy the guys love the guys are all funny and great characters and great to be around and dedicated to their each individual craft and the show that we have is with is going to be with the augusta symphony which is just going to be mesmerizing you know i mean there's going to be literally 60 musicians i think on stage at once and that's going to be an amazing sound you know you got the 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 aspect of these classically trained musicians with their music stands and their and their music on there and then and then somebody like me just up there just kind of ripping them up so it's going to be Quite the um conglomeration
0: well, any other side projects that you're currently working with
1: um got going on, like I said, the thing with Philip is the main thing. I do get to play with a buddy of mine, Adam Harris Thompson, on occasion, which he's great. if you hadn't checked him out, check him out. you know he's a great singer, songwriter, great voice, his heart is absolutely one hundred percent in the right place, and he's fun to play with, and get to play with uh. Famous Last Words, we do um, this gig at Metro on Mondays. It's kind of started out as a blues night, and then um, it's just kind of all kind of stuff. You know, we have folks sitting in. We have Bethany Davis that's going to be joining us really soon on vocals, and uh, that lineup is um, Jamie Jones on drums, my brother, Brooks Andrews, playing bass, Keith Jenkins, the legend. The legend. The legend on guitar. And Ryan Abel has been singing with us, and um, Bethany Davis is going to be doing some singing with us soon here soon. Awesome. I'm excited about that. Taylor Swan comes in and sits in with us and stuff like that. And Will McCraney <coughs> comes in and hangs out and gets on stage with us.
0: Sounds like you have lots going on.
1: It's a fair amount. It definitely is a fair amount.
0: Well, you are argument- argumentally one of the best guitar players in town Oh my! blues player away. you go no problem going toe to toe with some of the best there is mm. what effects
1: does that have on you now um the thing that's cool you know like i mean i'll be somewhere and maybe somebody will like look at me from across the room and you can see that they're like looking at me like oh that's that guy you know and um so that kind of has a nice feeling, you know, as far as just being recognized as the words that you just put, <laughs> the way you put it. But um, I mean, it's it's a it's a thing like where you use the word camaraderie, you know. But like, it's all just we're all musicians, we all play, we all have a great time, and whenever we have an audience that listens to what we want to bring to them and they appreciate it, then that that's that's food to our soul and that just, that means the world to us, you know? So, I mean, the, the thought of, like I said, being on stage with Keith Jenkins and go toe to toe and never, uh, back up or tuck the tail or run away or anything like that. It's really just, he's like a heavyweight bout. He's taking his big swings at me <laughs> and I'm turning around and taking my big swings at him. And I've been lucky to, to be able to do that with some of the greatest musicians around this town. You know I mean? Keith, great friend, Adam Hatfield, um Jeff Guthrie and Steve Mitchell J-Ro Jerry Ernest you know just a lot of these great players that have been here in town and been able to do that kind of toe to toe battle on stage it, it's an amazing thing and just makes you feel good inside
0: yes it does i can only imagine well of a man who where music is not just a hobby it's your life you mm. have to have a favorite song what is your favorite
1: song right now favorite song right now wow um well uh (laughs) i stumped (laughs) you well i'm um i'm a really big fan of rival sons okay those guys are really carrying the torch of 70s rock you know right now in 2016 i believe they got a new record coming out this year too they those guys are just pumping them out after another but um Anything off their latest record, you know, the uh, Great Western Valkyrie, I believe it's called. Is there
0: a song that's sitting with you, though, off their album?
1: Yeah, I can't think of the damn name of it right this second, though. Um, well, you'll get back to me where on Where that. I've Been. Oh, Where, where I've, I've been. been. Where I've Been is the name of that song. It's it's an amazing song. He's talking about uh, a soldier going off to war and a girl that maybe she's had some other things going on. It's like, how could you love me when you know where I've been? It's it's a very cool idea for a song and it's very um very intense. I love those guys.
0: Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much Michael for coming and sitting with me on the big comfy couch. The big
1: couch this is a comfortable couch.
0: It is so comfortable and uh kind of letting us walk through your journey of where you are today. I really appreciate it.
1: Been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure to be here in Augusta and I greatly appreciate all the the support and the friendships that's been made and folks coming out to hear the music and staying interested in what uh what i have to bring to the table i really appreciate that
0: well if you are looking for michael bay to be, i'm sure you can find him in his office at metro coffee house <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> go find him y'all anyways next up we have the laroxes with summer fades this is their song live from sky city here in augusta give it a listen
2: Can you have some vision? Can I have some peace of mind? Can you have some vision? Can I have some peace of mind? Please share your wisdom, baby Please just find
0: for tuning in to What Makes This Town Go Round. My name is Alisa, and I'll catch you next week. See you later.